Right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. What are you yeah. drinking there, mate? Some water. All right. Water. Stay hydrated. Beer. Stay daft. never know how to start this Ollie I just don't know what to do <laughs> it's been over a year at this and I just don't know what to do yeah uh, just try okay Christmas time is a time for giving so why not give us a subscribe on iTunes a subscribe so all you need to do is find us on uh, Instagram or Twitter at GOF podcast or facebook.com forward slash guys on film and from there you'll be able to find all the links to the places that you can go to subscribe to the podcast um, you can do that on iTunes and I believe you can do that on lots of different apps on Android uh, but most importantly give the gift of guys on film at Christmas by whispering in somebody's ear listen to the guys on film podcast and just do you, see what happens do you have to know them or no it's actually better if you don't know them. I'm okay. Ian, he's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about the movies of 2017. It's the Guys on Film 2017 Year in Review podcast. He's coming. Uh, that, that's because it's Christmas Eve and Santa is, as we speak, packing his bag, <laughs> uh, filling it with toys and gifts. If he's coming, is he's, he not uh, unpacking his bag? <laughs> <laughs> that was almost pre pre written, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there we go. What have uh, we got Santa coming on up his way on this week's show? Apart from Santa. Okay. Uh, while Santa is doing a uh, getting ready for his big number three, yeah, uh, we're going to be having a, a chat about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Wow. Um, the movie I mean, event never- of December. Yeah, I mean, we never really talk about Star Wars, and you know we. It would have been really easy for us to do a Star Wars sewed so many times, uh, and we could get a lot of mileage out of it. But we've just we never really uh, delved that that heavy into uh, Star Wars. But actually, I think we both may think that this one might be worth a seggy one on. So we're, we're going to do what we did with Dunkirk and just have a little uh, can, a little chat about it. I suppose. Can I uh, remind you, Ollie? Um, yeah. what a difference a year makes because we did this last year for The Force Awakens we did a seggy one on that in the second of the year in review podcast that we did for 2016 do you want to start that again but say Rogue One instead oh was it Rogue One yeah nah <laughs> <laughs> well I mean get the gist uh, so and then in our we'll have life scores and then we'll be uh, having a, a little award ceremony for the films of 2017 what we liked you know a little bit about what we didn't like maybe and a couple of random questions as well and all the usual shit that you've uh, come to oh, get used to tell you what Ollie you've just sold it to me I'm up for it <laughs> sold <laughs> sold all the usual shit excellent I'll buy three um, there'll be more after this one though We'll have the 2018 yeah. look ahead coming next week with all the usual shit. Yeah. 
guys on Phil. Yeah, but guys, we'll talk about Phil. It's the guys on Phil podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Phil. It's the guys on Phil podcast for real. My parents have just got home. Give me two minutes. I'll go have a chat with them and then I'll be back. Is Do you want to get right? them on there? Do you want to get them on the podcast? No. So the, the summary of me explaining what I was doing right now was boiled down to by my mum. When she explained to my dad what I was doing, she was like, Ian's away to chat to his pal. Yeah. So, even though I kind of pretty much explained all of it. Oh, fuck. It's just us chatting. Ian, so... I mean, you you must know. Can my you, Ollie, can you can you um can you refer to me as iTunes? No. <sighs> Ian, what's so? What's your thoughts iTunes. and initial feelings on uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi? Ta- talk me through it. Okay. Talk me through all of your thoughts and feelings. Okay, well I will because I've listed ten points. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Great. So, I was getting my hair cut the other day, Ollie, and my hairdresser said what did you reckon to the new Star Wars? And we both yeah. went, <sighs> and and when we started with that, we were both like, yeah, when you start like that, there's obviously something that's gone awry with it. Now, I watched most of the start of it thinking, this is really good. There's lots of good stuff going on here. But then yeah. came out of it, and rather than say, oh yeah, that was great, like the way that I felt when I watched um, The Force Awakens, I just yeah. came out with so many more gripes and problems and things that I wasn't keen on. And it was really okay. just like overall for a film that had the weight of expectation that this one did, it's quite unsatisfactory. Like overall, like there's so many things that are kind of problematic about it. Shall I dive into those? <sighs> Let's do this. Okay, okay so go on. I mean uh, this is exactly this Ian, this is exactly what I feared. Yeah. Okay, so number one. <laughs> Okay. Are you familiar with the term face and heel as relates to like hero and villain? Yes. Like so, wrestling. Like wrestling, yeah. So, yeah. you know, in the 90s when uh, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin against Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon yeah. would just put him in his place all the time. He's the evil power, and the yeah. working, working class good guy, Stone Cold, always wanted to get back at him and he could never become champion. and the bad guy was always this ever-present thing. He always had better resources. It was always, uh, it was always an insurmountable uh, thing. So that when Stone Cold did eventually prevail here and there, it was so much more yeah. satisfying. Basically, the end of this film leaves us. Oh, and by the way, we should say this could be spoiler tastic. Yeah, it could be spoiler tastic. So just no, it it will be. It will, it will be. be. So for those who are concerned about that, please skip ahead to uh, our movie uh, awards for twenty seventeen. Yeah. So I'll skip track now. So point being, at the end of this film, um, what we've got is a scenario where the supposed biggest bad guy, who had all this like sort of mystery and allure and kind of was uh, seemed all powerful, um, Emperor mm-hmm. Snoke was dispatched in a way that I felt was relatively simple and straightforward and okay. and also the main um, kind of evil force in the universe is Kylo Ren and Emperor Hux and Kylo Ren we know uh, Emperor General Hux is what I mean um, Kylo Ren we know is kind of 
wishy-washy as to whether or not he'll stick with the dark side or, or could be swayed to move across and be good. So what have they got to worry about? Like, There's not any clear conflict in the next film. I know, obviously, it's good to have like paint in tones other than just like black and white and have a little bit yeah. more mystery than just black and white, but I just feel like really killing off Snoke was way too easy and it wasn't particularly formidable. And now I don't know really what the point in caring for the next one will be. That's point one. Out of out of character jokes, as in out of Star Wars style jokes. Um, like the there's a weird bit. I mean, actually, probably one of the better bits of the film where Kylo Ren has his helmet and his shirt off. Yeah. Um, and his really high waisted trousers. Yeah. But like. The the interplay there between him and Ray and like the do you not have a towel or something like that feels very Disney Marvel universe like forced in the galaxy yeah yeah like it didn't really feel like it was in the like the hey Chrome Dome like Finn doing that felt much more Star Warsy because it's the type of thing you could imagine Han Solo saying number three uh, we yeah. need to talk about blue milk. It's just really odd for those who've not seen it and are willing to deal with the spoilers. Like Luke Skywalker milks a creature from uh, the planet that he was um, hiding on, and then just yeah. drinks the milk and gets so it all I'd, over his I'd beard. I'd say almost as well say Ian surviving on because this was part of a a kind of going about his daily ritual, catching fish, getting them, getting the milk, getting his food supplies, catching magic arp. Yeah, catching magic carp, getting the blue milk. I mean, that's just how he how he survives. It's staying in that part of the film. The training montage wasn't anywhere near what it could have been. I was well I mean, up it for like it, it, I was well up for montaginess, and uh, wasn't wasn't anywhere near as good. Um, okay, number five. Some of the stuff in it wasn't kind of true to its own logic. So, like when Leia uh, Leia sorry dies. Um, goes out into space. Oh, she doesn't die. Yeah, let's just get that. Let's just get that straight. Um, let me let me finish. Can you let, let me, me finish? Can you let me finish? I'm gonna need to finish. Leia okay. is uh, off in space. Has some icicles appear on her face when she's out. Even though you yeah. know, obviously, her body would evaporate or be like. You know, I mean, you say that, but you know, apart. it isn't space as we know it, is it? Is that not a line from Star Trek? <laughs> oh yeah, it's space gym, but not as we know it. Um, yeah, exactly, it's you know you gotta you gotta be able to let a few things slide. So carry on. So anyway, it kind of defies its own logic because she isn't known to be particularly savvy with the force. I think the only thing you've seen Princess Leia do is communicate with Luke uh, in in a sort of telepathic way from across the stars, sort of thing. Um, yeah, but like 20, 20 years have passed since the uh, end of the Ah, uh, right. Start, okay. Yeah, and she just didn't you know. bother doing anything in Force Awakens. Well, what were you doing 20 years ago? Toddling well, around. Pretty much <laughs> Pretty much same thing as this. Drink, eight years old, drinking beers. Eight and a half. Yeah. Um, exactly. You can do a few more bits now, can't you? 20 years have passed. You can float in space, all right. She's the daughter. She's the daughter of of, uh, of Darth Vader. Have you not forgotten? I mean, they can't they can't add things between films. You have to have everything explained. No, you don't need everything explained. But 
Well, it sounds like someone does. Am I right? No. <laughs> it, all, I'm say, all I'm saying is it's jarring. Just like some indication that she'd like had slightly more uh, control of the force before she just like saves herself from like like basically that is the exact example of like what's that thing called Deus Ex Machina yeah where like this stroke of God comes in to like save the day sort of thing save the storyline yeah exactly save the storyline often wasn't true to any sensible Lauren can you just Jar- 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did because I tried to say logic and went Lorik. Um, you, <laughs> I was trying to compute your joke at the same time. Um, that was Jar Jar Binksing. Um, All right, can we can we crack on through your, your number box? six? It often yeah. tr- wasn't true to any sensible logic. So basically, bay doors and gravity have no place here like basically nobody's sucked out of a spaceship when there's like a like huge hole in the side of a ship um, yeah but there's also a massive force field around the entire ship which what no that i mean not obviously enough to make it not annoying but there's those things all the way throughout every single star wars film ever it's well, not the, the first one to 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 do this right i mean it really isn't you could go. You could go back with the same critical eye through every single film, and there would. This, there would be honestly, this isn't. This film. isn't critical. It's stuff like when they like have the bombers in space. Why do bombs float down the way through space towards a target? What? So you're saying that the, these sci-fi bombs must obey the the law of space? That they haven't <laughs> figured out a way to make them like you know, if there was such a thing as as you know, but why why in... why build something that you have to like? convolutedly explained to me in a kind of piecing things together like hoping that it maybe makes sense over three or four sentences why not just have it make sense the well, more because then the you'd more... have a look because then you'd have a line in the film going drop the bombs which are not affected by gravity why not just not have that as a thing that needs to drive the plot forward you want to suspend your disbelief right and when they make it hard for you to do that by having like really glary, glaring stupid things the more you have to make leap upon leap for the world that you're trying to like spend like two hours, 50 minutes in makes sense. Like you, like it makes it less enjoyable because you're constantly having to leap to these things. Like the, the girl who's, the girl who's releasing those bombs should by all rights be sucked out of the bomb thing that she's in. Like she's just, yeah. there's a massive open door to space. Um, yeah, but in every in every single Star Wars film, you can hear sound in space. You can see fire in space. You know that it's it's not. You know that it's a different world. I I think the sound thing is is specifically because the people want to translate what's happening more clearly onto the screen. And when there's no sound in space, yeah, that's so quite it's not hard to do. Hard sci-fi. It's not hard sci-fi, is it? It's a it's a fun romp science fiction film. Sure. Okay. You know, it, it, I, I just don't think, I, I think leveling, you, you'd have to go, as long as you can go, I'll accept it, as long as you can go through like every single other film with that same critical eye. No, I can't be arsed. It's exactly. Not, it's, not, it's not worth it. Exactly. Exactly. Because it ultimately, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, it didn't in those because there weren't, they weren't glaring enough to take my eyes off what the story was doing. Anyway, right, seven. Uh, aesthetics over story. So, 
Captain Phasma and the Red Guard are like really cool characters, right? Captain Phasma looks really badass. Um, and the Red Guard, the Snoke's like sort of Imperial Guard or whatever they're called, they look really cool. But the problem is the same way with uh, what we said about like having killer bad guys who you can kind of believe in. Like those two characters are just those that group of guard and Captain Phasma. They're just dispatched way too easily. They're supposed to be like well, they they're certainly the coolest looking enemies in in the film. There was no point in any of the battles that Finn had with Captain Phasma or that Kylo and Rey had with the Red Guard. There was no point where it was like, oh, they're actually in peril. It was just too easy for them to overcome them. Um, and another aesthetic for just like no real purpose was the red salt on the planet. It was just like the guy tasted what was on the ground and he's like, oh, salt. That's convenient because we're going to send our guys across the snow and they're going to look like the red arrows and look really cool. Like that, that literally is the line that you were talking about a minute ago where there's that one line <laughs> explaining the thing for no reason. Uh, yeah, actually it's salt. Um, yeah, it means that when they uh, drag it, it's all going to flare up in the air and look really cool. Um <laughs> That was, I don't know, it's just annoying. Like, it, it obviously looked cool, but it was just like there wasn't substance to that. There wasn't really any purpose in it. There was a substance to it. It was salt. salt. Yeah, it was an assault on my fucking brain cells. <laughs> um, unsatisfactory action. Like, uh, basically, the. The Force Awakens is really... The Force Awakens has got loads of... This is unbearable. The Force Awakens has got loads of good stuff in it, right? It's got, like, I would say probably five or six set pieces from start to finish in The Force Awakens where they're they're really well-paced, like, exciting action sequences that, like, pull you along with them and there are moments where you think, like, they're not going to get through this. And... In this, like all of the action sequences were really dull. I thought I was really not into any of them. When Luke dies, number nine. When Luke dies, I felt like it wasn't it wasn't good enough closure, really. Like basically, if he'd if he'd collapsed after he'd used all of his power to do what he did, then that would have been like a satisfactory ending. He did enough to allow the rebels to escape, but the fact that he just kind of disappears off screen in a sort of ethereal manner was like quite disappointing at the end um, now mm. obviously that leaves people going oh well he might come back because you haven't actually seen him dead but like I I went to see this film because I wanted this film to kind of have a satisfactory ending to it and that was just a little bit crappy I thought and anyway last thing number 10 I felt that the pacing was a total nightmare at times. You easily could have lost half an hour from this, and that's just from some of the action stuff, and it would have made the action stuff feel a lot better. Um, when the rebels were leaving on the ships, like, initially there were ten, and then, hmm. like, twenty-five of those ten got shot, but there were still three left. Like, it kept cutting away, something else happens, cuts back, there's still, like, seven of them cuts away they've shot three more there's still seven of them like it was just like 
they were somehow dragging things out for way too long when you knew ultimately where it was supposed to go. Same thing with Finn. Yeah, I, th- I think it it was too long. I mean, that that's probably my. But would you, you know, would, and would I'm, you I'm agree always, on? I'm always want. Would you agree on those moments though? Like with Finn driving into that cannon, like the number of cutaways and cutbacks to him still heading in the same direction. That I'm pretty certain that that scene of him driving across the way to try and get to that cannon went on for. Like twenty minutes between no, honestly, like ten minutes maybe, and it it really should have taken about three. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't. I can't. That's a can't wait to get the DVD. Gross exaggeration. Yeah, can't wait to get the DVD and show you that it's at least eight. Yeah, okay. It goes on and on and on and on, and it just felt like so many of those could have just been tightened up and made to feel exciting by not being back and forth and back and forth so what did you like because you you you, uh, you must have liked something about it okay I like BB-8 BB-8 was back and funny especially the bit where he's like soldering two things then a third thing then a fifth and then can't cope and then headbutts the thing that was great there's some really good like Star Wars style comedy so like I thought Adrian Edmondson in it was really good in the background behind General Hux like yeah. when he'd be yeah. barking orders he's behind like rolling his eyes and doing a face yeah, yeah. which I thought was good and, oh, there's also another really good bit where um, Kyle Ren demands something when they're on the rebel planet and then General Hux like c- tries to kind of stop him doing that or questions him and he flings him against the wall and then the sort of pilot guy at the console just says right away sir and like carries like because obviously he's about to get smashed if he says no as well um, yeah. and then I thought James Corden being killed was really funny because um, he was in it for all of like a quarter of a second right. um, I didn't see that but he was the really fat pilot <laughs> and then oh, he's like right. okay Rogue's and just ex- explodes yeah, there's lots of good comedy in it. I really liked Mark Hamill. I thought he was very good. Ray and Kylo were particularly good in this. I think Kylo Ren, uh-huh. like having two parts to his character, like actually having a genuine back and forth about what the right thing or wrong thing to do might be and like what, what way should he go, that was really good. I kind of felt like maybe Poe and like Finn's new friend, and like there are quite a lot of characters in this now that you're trying to keep up with. There's like sort of. Yeah eight or nine different threads to character stories and stuff but like overall I kind of I thought most of the characters themselves were very good I just felt like the actual plot was kind of problematic you loved it though I suppose the one thing I could say is that I actually went in expecting the worst I wasn't mad sold on the trailers it must have been the runtime as well that I was just like oh this is just going to be like I was going to have the experience that you've had and I've never really been a massive Star Wars fan either. I've always been a Lord of the Rings guy. I understand all of the criticisms, but they just don't ruin it for me. They don't even throw a slight bit of shade on it for me. I just enjoyed it from from beginning to end. I went with Eric and we both absolutely loved it. I liked the way that it, it was a more subtly told story. There was no big reveals. I liked the fact that they killed off the big bad guy and that they killed off them you know your main good guy to and and also they put both opposing teams i guess into absolute tatters so the bad guys and the rebels are both you know in tatters um they've both got a rebuild and they've both 
got somebody who's you know fairly new to all this at the very top and i i feel that actually it's quite a nice place to go that at the top of the bad guys you've got somebody that can you know who doesn't know what the hell he's doing and that can be quite dangerous and also the fact that you've that he could actually sort of start something that he then can't control and not be able to turn back on and also i think that's quite an interesting way to go um and then obviously you've got this whole aspect of ray is absolutely nobody she's come from nothing you don't have to be like this uh royalty to be a jedi grandmaster you can practically be anybody it can you know it can be anybody and that is quite lord of the rings that's very bilbo that's very frodo that's very like you know the unassuming person goes on a big adventure and i i really like that and i like that the way that he dealt with that i liked how the main mission was a complete balls up failure i liked that poe was absconded for being an absolute hothead and that you know he he basically disobeyed everybody and he didn't just get away with it like han solo would do you People think um, do you think that Poe and Ray are gonna get it on? I think Poe and BB eight are gonna get it on. <laughs> wow. Hey buddy. hey buddy So good to see uh, you again. I like the fact that um Benicio del Toro's character was you know, he's kind of there to explain the whole plot of the film, but basically this Jedi Sith rebels first order it's all part of a big machine and he has no allegiance to either he just ebbs and flows with whatever is there in the moment i kind of see that as where they all are almost and i I just like the fact that you know there's there's there are a lot of talking points once you get past you know the blue milk and you know bombs not dropping in space and and the layer bit which is odd like it did i was a bit you know weirded out by it but once i can get past all those bits i think actually there's some really good world set in there there's some really good storytelling i think it's it's a lot deeper than most star wars films and it's it's triggered my excitement for the next one um like like other ones haven't i really liked it laugh all you want triggered i liked it as much as you disliked it so you know the thing is only the thing is i didn't dislike it that much like i had loads of gripes but they're gripes i i enjoyed like just less than half of it I'd say but I feel like it really needed to do a lot more like I, I would agree there are lots of interesting things in there like it, like his whole his uh, sorry Benicio Del Toro's character's whole thing about um, how the war will go on and they'll make money from it whatever happens that's interesting because it's, it's very real um, if, yeah. if people want to make a war and make money from it and profit from it they're going to do that and he's he's just taking it for what it is and making his own money and blah 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 that's kind of cool there's lots of stuff like that but for a Star Wars film I just felt like there wasn't there wasn't enough to like make me actually come out feeling really happy about it I thought I was just I think I'm more just like disappointed that it didn't tick all the boxes I wanted it to tick well I think and I think that's like one of the main criticisms is that it's not I guess the film that people wanted it to be i also hear that on the second viewing once your expectations have been tempered somewhat (laughs) there is a big improvement once you've lowered your bar you're gonna love it well no well no once because you've gone in with a set of expectations and once you kind of know that which ones are going to be met and which ones aren't then you can kind of start enjoying other layers of the film and i think that's that's perfectly fine that that's happened with you know happens with a lot of things there's only one layer in this film (laughs) 
Ah, well, the, my my sort of thing with that one is that I, I, I don't want this to sound crass, so I'll be trying try and be careful here. Um, but obviously, they didn't know that Carrie Fisher was going to pass away this year, and I feel that they put a lot of stock into her character being a massive part of the next one mm. um, because ultimately she is the only thing she's the only person left in that universe that has any meaningful connection with with kylo ren ray doesn't have that connection nobody has that connection with him apart from her you know that's why he couldn't kill her um and that's his stumbling block so with her like out the picture because you know in real life she's dead i kind of wonder how they're gonna deal with that because you know she literally is the only person that can do you do you think affect him in any sort of meaningful way do you think that potentially that the end was changed and luke rather than dying the way that i described he was maybe like kind of magicked out of it so that he can continue in the third film maybe i think i think there's so, I, I so kind you of don't feel have like that know, really clear like well, no, I feel, dead I feel, on the well, I feel like I know where they were where they wanted her character to go because she is the link and everybody else has a link with one another in that universe like Finn has Ray and Finn also has Rose and you know Poe to an extent has BB-8 and Luke had Leia and you know there are all these connections going on obviously Kylo Ren has still has this connection with with uh, his his mummy, um, and when she is officially out of the picture in the in the film, I feel that that would have been a, you know, how would you not have had that a turning point for his character? It would have had to have been, and now I feel that that might not be able to happen quite so efficiently and uh, and and or, or I suppose so visually. That's that's my kind of one thought on where the next one might go. But um, I think a, a, overall, I really enjoyed it. A so. lot of um, a lot of stuff. So one thing that was um, brought up regularly, I think, mainly by Kylo Ren, is um, the cutting, like severing ties to the past. Like basically, forget about your past. Look to the future, sort of thing. Um, Luke to the future. Yeah. Well, he's not going to have any any part of any future with well, the way he's heading. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's up, up there with the angles. But that was pretty, pretty much um, like a, a message to the audience as well, which is like, look, these are the new characters that you're dealing with now. Like, don't yeah. worry so much about the ones from the original films. Yeah, but maybe they'll have a line in the next one. Don't worry about you know how space reacts in a sci-fi film. Yeah. You know, just go with it. <laughs> There's got to be some be science. <laughs> anyway, can't look, be all don't, fiction. Don't, Look, anyway, like, point, point point I was making is that they're making a really clear statement in this film about like sort of forgetting about the past and moving on. But um, I think they'd pretty much done most of that job by introducing the new characters in the in the first film, and that's what made it exciting. Kind of this idea of like the all powerful Jedi Master Luke being brought back into it, because then they kind of stood a chance of like there being a battle between good and evil that they could potentially actually win um but they might they might still i mean like but then i I don't think you're going to really be able to feel out how this film truly is until it sits in a trilogy 
yeah. personally. I mean, I enjoy it for what it is now, but it is a middle film. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe I, I can totally take that point. Maybe I'll really like this film once the third one comes out. But right now, I kind of just feel like it's a bit unsatisfactory. Like I, can't, I just feel like there's a lot of anticipation for this film based on what's Luke going to do when he gets involved and how are they going to get how are they going to combat Snoke? What's Snoke all about? And how powerful is he? And at the end of this film, none of that matters. And well, it kind of it kind of did because you know your Snoke man was basically a placeholder, abusive bad guy. Placeholder, to, you know. To, Great. Well, he well he was he was he was in in the place where where by the end of the film that Kylo Ren really needed to move into. And you know, so I felt that that's kind of it. Didn't matter who he was, really. For most of the for most abusive, of the original films, abusive though, bastard person. For most of the original films, Darth Vader was formidable, but he was still taking orders. Yeah, know? from some from somebody that was barely in it. What? That are you talking about the Emperor? Yeah. No, he was barely. He was barely in it. He was barely in it. Can you say he barely in it about, in it about twelve more times? <laughs> he was. The, yeah. the point is that he was still super powerful and he still need, had, but, but do they need to retread the same ground in a way they are anyway, can't, can't you, can't you is, have can't you have a, a, a character that is you know a bit weaker and a bit more fueled by you know emotion rather than just being a, a cookie cutter baddie I think that's fine I think my main my main concern with the whole thing is just like the lack of like actual peril like I don't think at any point I was worried that any of the characters weren't just going to get their way like ah they're going to be fine that's that's kind of fucking loads of people died who who are the loads of people like Luke Luke wasn't mainly like mainly like faceless faceless people in ships (laughs) yeah But like none, none, <laughs> uncredited people. None of the heroes were in peril at any point. That's what I'm kind of saying. Like you knew Finn would be fine. Peril. You knew Ray would be fine. You knew that Paul would be fine. Do you know what I mean? The Edge would be fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, hey, cool. <laughs> Move <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Live score. How are you? Live score. I'm fine. Thank you. Live score. Out of 10. Live score. Pro- probably like a, th- a four. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm I'm great. I had a I had my Christmas party this week at work. Oh yeah. Was it in uh, work? And we went No, we went to a fantastic place called the Arcade Club in Berry. Um, which was probably the coolest place I've ever been in my life. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. It's two floors of arcade cabinets and pinball machines and all sorts of stuff, and it was uh, it was just brilliant. It was it was like it was like going to the best arcade you've ever been in. Would I like it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you like House of the Dead too? Yeah. Do you like Time Crisis? Yeah. Outrun? Uh, Sega Rally? Yeah. Right then, you, you'll be fine. Cool. You know, because they're, they're, you know, you pay your money and then it's free. You don't have to put 10 P's in. So Barry's up near uh, Manchester, isn't it? This is with uh, Liverpool work. Yeah. Runcorn work. Yeah, that's okay. right, yeah. Okay, cool. 
What what was your what was your best game at the arcade? Oh, it was one called Quick and Crash. Okay. It was basically like um uh, a light gun game, but you had your gun in a holster and then the screen would say ready and then you unholstered it and shot the target that popped up and there was four rounds and each time the timer went up and as soon as you shot the target the clock would stop and we all had a big competition to see who could uh you know get the get the uh the medals okay pretty good and that was that was a lot of fun that was my favorite best game that was your best bet i'm at, I'm at an eight eight and a half maybe nine because look i know i'm gonna say it again loved star wars been thinking about it a lot <laughs> in your sleep I loved I loved the arcade. That was great. Been, Been thinking, thinking about, about it, it a lot, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, Christmas. The kids are down. It's going to be good. Cool. Okay. Remember that this is uh, this is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, and everyone's depressed about your nine gripes. The nine ten. gripes ten. of Christmas. It's ten gripes. The ten gripes of Christmas. I don't have gripes with Christmas at all. I've got gripes with Star Wars. Um, okay okay I would say I'm a nine and a half because it's almost Christmas and Christmas is a ten so yeah yeah, I'm doing good I'm in Scotland I've got time to do things getting some getting some uh, you heard about that R&R Holly rest and remasturbation (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, let's chalk it up as chill time Um, and, and maybe some productive time as well that's actually quite that's good to cleanse the soul as well as actually do some of the shit that you mean to do. So I'm, I'm doing that. I was out driving today in Glen Nevis. Do you know where that is? Wow. I don't know who it's, he is now. They've filmed like Braveheart there, I think. Um, but anyway, I went up to take some pictures. Anyway, I'm a 10. It's chilled and it's Christmas. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to just like a couple of weeks. Basically going to be chilling until January the 3rd now. So... Wow. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've already put the sample in. <laughs> Double wow. Okay. Wow. So, shall we move on to what everyone's been waiting for? The um... the awards. We'll have to rattle through these awards. Okay. But yeah, let's do it. I've got one question for you before the awards, Ollie. We're in the middle okay. of the show now. It's life scores. It's a sort of intermission. Um, Two thirds of the way through the show, Ian. Uh, well, you know, we're going to have to cut down on Star Wars post babble, I think. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut down your Star Wars gripes to just. Yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically between Christmas and New Year, there's that t- sort of no man's zone. Um, yeah. So no man's zone. Yeah. Would you call that the taint, the gooch, or the perineum uh, of the Christmas? Gooch. Christmas gooch. The gooch of Christmas. Yeah. Saint Grundle's gooch. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Okay. Um, I've got a question for you, actually. Okay. Can I can I give you my quick Christmas question? Uh huh. Um, are you a believer in the big Christmas shop? Yes or no? <sighs> you know the big greedy Christmas shop. I am. Yeah. You are. But the only thing is, I've never. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have done it once or twice, maybe. But usually, yeah. because I'm coming home to my folks' place, um, yeah. as a single man, um, yeah. there there were years oh, where ladies, I wasn't. there were yeah. years where send your where applications, was... send your applications in too. 
Ollie's shed, P.O. box. <laughs> um, Ollie will review everyone and pass on the best. Um, no, so like basically, I haven't had a family scenario where I, I've I've been like, all oh, right, let's go out and get the big shop. I'm just coming home to my mum and dad having already done it. So, right, they, wow. they've did okay. the big shop. Um, Have they done it this time? They've done most of it. They're getting the veggies as late as possible. Can you can you tell me some items that they've bought that they wouldn't normally buy <laughs> that you've noticed since you've been back? Um, more cheeses than normal. <laughs> okay. So they've got they've got a more decadent variety of cheeses, including um, Wensleydale that's got like um, cranberries in Bits it or in. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Definitely got more in the way of like sort of Iceland thousands of things to put in the oven treat. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Fine. Um, yeah. And I think there's stuff that's not been fully revealed to me yet because it's in a part of the house that I don't re- usually go to because my mum and dad have a guest house and it's cold, right? So there's parts of the house that they just leave unused when they're closed down for winter time. Okay. So there's bags of like sweets and crisps and stuff through there that I've not even seen yet. Are you going to go and have a little wander and yeah try and find them yeah yeah okay great so, yeah okay so I think I'll probably double check that let's go go through our our awards so this is going to work basically we introduce a category you say your nominees I'll say my nominees and then we'll both say what our winner is is that okay we can be pretty quick about yeah, each one right fine fine Fine, okay, fine, which fine. one are we going to start on? The order that you gave them to me? Best film. Okay, best film. Do you want yeah. to start with your, your lot? My nominees are... Okay, Jedi. here we go. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Okay. <laughs> Jedi. Dunkirk. Okay. It. Okay. And Get Out. Okay. They're my, they're my noms. They're all really good. Here's my noms. Get Out. Dunkirk. Okay. Jim and Andy. Yeah. Do you know about that? Have you seen it? Yeah, I know about that. I have heard about that, yeah. You should watch it. It's I've great. I've seen it. Uh, it Comes at Night it. and Detroit. Okay. And so, what's yours? The winner is... Could, let me just open this... Can you drum roll? Um, ...envelope. I'm opening the envelope like Warren, Warren Beatty okay. did, and he got it wrong, uh, is Get Out. Okay. That's my favourite. Uh, and I think it's my favourite because I think it's something that was pretty genuinely new. I thought I had some really great scenes in it. It didn't do anything stupid. I don't think you yeah. can have many gripes with it. Yeah, no one, um, no one was fucking think, breathing in space and that. You know, I'll agree. Last Jedi, there's going to be gripes with it. Fine. <laughs> Dunkirk, you know, people have got gripes with it, Ian. Fine. I, it. I Again, people are going to have gripes with it, right? Uh, but Get Out, I, there just isn't any. I just think it's a really good film. I think it's something new, uh, something fresh. It's my it's film, film of the year! <laughs> I, I have a gripe with your argument there that like basically assumes that nobody anywhere has a gripe with Get Out. That's just a really confusing argument. No, no, no. I, no, any, but I anyway, don't. I don't have. A, okay. I don't have a gripe. Okay. A, a massive gripe with it. I just. Okay. I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. Loved it. You got a massive gripe. Got a massive gripe right now. You've got a gripe on. I've got a semi gripe on. So not nominated on my list is Alien Covenant, which I realised is the only film I saw twice this year. <laughs> I know, and you saw that twice, and that's got 
at least nine gripes in it. No, it does. It's got loads. Um, and I think I listed oh, yeah. them in our Alien Covenant episode. But I saw it twice because I needed that. Anyway, my film of the okay. year, I've not got... Uh, maybe I can use this box. Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Do you want to explain why? Yeah, I think... I, I agree. Get Out was really good. And it was surprising and... I think Get Out was the film that had the the biggest audience reaction that I've seen in the cinema for a long time. Like people actually kind of gasping and reacting to it in a really sort of like visceral sort of way, which was great. But Dunkirk for me was just, I think it was the one that kind of hit a nerve in the most like sort of emotional way and like was really moment to moment and and really straightforward and hit all the buttons at the time. I think it had emotion, it had action, it had pace and all sorts of good stuff going on so I think that's why Dunkirk is the best wow and it made me cry like three or four times or 15 or something moving on worst film of 2017 we haven't got we haven't got many worsts in here in fact I think we've only got one so let's lighten up on the negativity yeah okay so I mean I've I've got two okay Uh, and this isn't going to go down very well but uh, I've got Blade Runner 2049 okay and the ritual. Uh, what was uh, the ritual? But those are those are gen- genuinely the only two films I've I've really come out of the cinema this year feeling like. Oh yeah, <sighs> yeah. I remember so the ritual now. Yep. So the ones that I've got nominated yep. are the uh, I think Netflix film War Machine with Brad Pitt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Mummy with okay. Tom Cruise. And yeah, controversial but absolutely true. Baby Driver. Okay, um, fine. So... I mean, that's my biggest slider of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh. one, that, one that I initially initially kind of was up for, but then after a while I'm just like, fucking sick of this film now. Yeah, um, it, it's the, the big slide. <laughs> so my, my worst film of the year is The Ritual. I, I haven't felt like walking out of a film in a long, long time and... Yeah, I really, I, I really felt like I, I wanted to walk out of that one. Just annoying characters all the way through. Oh, it was just a pain in the ass. Okay. <laughs> okay, shall I give you? I mean, mine? it's pretty much disappeared without a trace, so you know it's fine. Yeah, it it did, didn't it? Uh, okay, here comes mine. Mine is more of a sort of rustle around a tombola rather than a, an envelope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, so I mean, let's leave it to chance. Random. <laughs> <laughs> um, so mine were Baby Driver, The Mummy and War Machine. My worst film is Baby Driver. Um, okay, now that is controversial. I, I think because um, The Mummy was uh, just diabolically bad and I actually fell asleep when Russell Crowe appeared in it. Um, so at least it worked as a sedative <laughs> yeah it's excellent um, no but like it it was just obviously bad for a variety of reasons but it had some entertainment in the action scenes and stuff like that Baby Driver did that thing where I feel like the hype of it got on my nerves enough that it, it made me dislike it more and I think it was quite like sort of knowing congratulatory and and whilst I yeah. I like oh oh oh, oh Edgar Wright yeah Edgar Wright's doing this editing thing and it's great 
Oh, oh. He's put music and image together. <laughs> How is he doing it? It's crazy. Yeah. It's I, almost like music videos have never happened. Uh, I think you're kind of getting where I'm coming from. Basically, yeah. I really like Edgar Wright and lots of his other films, and you're not so keen. Yeah. Um, maybe because of the Simon Pegg effect, I like Simon Pegg. I so like I his, I like his process, and and I, I like Edgar Wright in theory. I like, um, and I like him as a person. Yeah. And every time I've heard him on a podcast, every time you I always to like. Well, every every time I've I've watched an interview or watched his process or how he makes a film, I think fine, great, the guy knows what he's talking about. But on paper, fine. In practice, I've I've just never really enjoyed one. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed most of them. This one felt like there was something off for me. So that's it. Okay. okay. Best action. Best, best acting, acting from a man. <laughs> best action from a man. Uh, best no, acting. Best acting from a man. Okay. Who's on your uh, long list, short list? I've got uh, Renner in Wind River. Oh, man. Wow. I completely forgot about Wind River. What the hell? I've got. The stuttering child from it. Okay. Um, who who played the stuttering sorry. child? Have you done any research? I don't. I don't know. I, I know. I haven't. I haven't. But everyone will know what, what, what I'm talking about. That's not funny, Ollie. I would like for someone to say that they're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you laugh. You laugh. You lose, right? No, I laughed at your silence afterwards because you'd been put in your place. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to say Adam Driver in Star Wars. Uh, Branner as Poirot. Jesus Christ. I, mean, I liked him. I've I not liked seen him. It. I've not seen it, so I I've thought got no good. Word. I've got... I thought he was really good. He, he, he was, re- you know, he's, he's, Branner's got a good face. Okay. I really enjoyed his performance as, as, as Poirot. Okay, here we go with mine. So, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Kenneth Branner. As Poirot. <laughs> no, go on, carry on. Okay. Number one for me, Will Poulter from Detroit. He plays the um, racist goblin policeman. In it. No. Goblin? You mean Pennywise? <laughs> Clown. Yeah. <laughs> Clown, goblin, whatever. Uh, so Will Poulter as uh, the yeah. racist police officer in Detroit. Um, Jack Loudon as Morrissey in England is Mine, a film that I thought was not great but he was really good as Morrissey Kelly and Murphy in Dunkirk Kelly and Murphy you can only have one is it Cillian Murphy it's Killian Murphy is it I think I don't know I mean Jif Sif you know what's the difference Kif (laughs) Kif here's here's one that I only really thought of when I looked at the list of things I saw this year Ewan Bremner as Spud in Trainspotting 2 he okay. he is really really great as that character. I think he's really good. Um, and Trainspotting Two okay. wasn't amazing, but his performance was good. And then final one, Tom Hardy's eyes in Dunkirk. Okay. So who's, who's it going to? Who's it going to for you? Renner in Wind River. Nice. I know you didn't like it as much as I did, and I know you haven't. You don't think Renner's all that great, and. I tend to agree, but I think in this he was he was wicked. Wow! Uh, and I really liked that film. I thought he was great. You know, you know uh, when you mentioned it, and I went, "Oh, I forgot about Wind River." Um, I yeah. tried to remember everything I'd seen this year, so I looked up um, all the things that I had ticket confirmations for in my email for the cinema, um, and Wind River wasn't on there, so I must have gone in on a whim. But I, you know what? In retrospect, I do like that film quite a lot. It's got a nice sort of. Yeah. Um, Got a nice vibe. tone and vibe to it, I think. 
Um, It's dark, it's cold, and it sort of takes you off to that place. My winner is Will Poulter in Detroit. I thought he was... I think he was really good. There were a couple of times where his accent drifts off into a place where you know it's accent-y as an Englishman playing an American, but... He was really, really good in the in the film. I think his just his performance was like really it's visceral. And I keep saying the word visceral, Ollie. Is that all right? Do you like the word visceral? Yeah, I um, like it. Yeah, he was very. Do you think good. if he was playing a ghost, he'd he'd be a poltergeist? Could be. Best acting from a woman. A <laughs> <laughs> from a woman. Oh, so do from a. Best acting from everyone. What is what's your uh, noms? Oh, am I going first on the lists now? Yeah, let's 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 shake it up. Let's uh, go ahead and shake it up. Alice Lowe in Prevenge. Okay. Um, Nicole Kidman in The Beguiled. Okay. Catherine Waterston in Alien Covenant. Okay. <laughs> Different K there. Okay. Um. Charlie Saron in Atomic Blonde. By the way, this is not because the films are great. This is because the performances. Yeah, well, great. look, people get it, Ian. You don't have to explain, right? Some things don't need explaining. People will just understand. Mm, I hope so. You see a little callback to your gripes there in my rebuttals. And and in a similar way to you not knowing the name of the um, stutter boy in it, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, the little girl from Okja. Or Okja. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can see her name in front of me right now, but I'm going to be bad at pronouncing it. An Seo Hyun, I think. Okay. That might be fine. Uh, do you want my noms? No. No, go ahead. Uh, Robin Wright in Wonder Woman. Okay. Maggie Gyllenhaal in Wind River. Jack Black in Jumanji 2. And... Emma Stone in Battle of the Sexes. Was Maggie Gyllenhaal in Wind River? No, she wasn't. I'm thinking of a different one, aren't I? (laughs) 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 She looks like Maggie Gyllenhaal. No, she She does. No, she really doesn't. She She looks like Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen twin. You know who she does look like? Her twin sister. <laughs> um, yeah, shit, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's Elizabeth Olsen. I was doing this from memory, and I, and, and I think they look quite similar. So okay, fine. You know, but anyway, uh, who who? So yeah, and the rest of those people as well, because I always, I those are the ones that have stood out for me over the year. Okay, for me, my winner. This is kind of a tricky one, but um, I think it's Nicole Kidman in The Beguiled. She's really good in that. Okay. I, I quite liked that film as well, but it wasn't amazing. Um, but she was very good, and like had, there were a lot of subtleties in what she was doing. Carson Dunst was um, very good as well. There were lots of kind of little. So sub- it wasn't Maggie Gyllenhaal. No, I I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, like all of all of the girls in the house in that were very good. There's a lot of kind of subtle interplays and like kind of emotions kind of going on between the three of three or four of them: Elle Fanning, Carson Dunst, and um, Nicole Kidman, and then Colin Farrell trying to interpret it and work it all out and stuff. And it was right. it was good. Okay. It's good. What about you? 
uh, for me, it was definitely Emma Stone as Billie Jean King in Battle of the Sexes. Uh, so I just thought again, yeah, she was just she was just really good, like just a, a brilliant character, and just nailed it. And they did a few they did a few scenes where they were like hitting balls back to each other, and they must have done about like seven rallies in a row, and it looked really hard. So fair play, they got good at tennis as well. Cool. I'm glad your criteria are really clear. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, the next one here uh, is best yeah. acting, acting from, from an, an animal. animal. I have zero nominations in this category. I, I couldn't think of any. Oh, really? Yeah, afraid so. So this one's all on you. Oh, well, well, my nominations are uh, King Kong, <laughs> uh, The Snake in Jumanji 2, uh, The Porgs from... Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and Caesar in War of the Planet of the Apes. I can't believe Kong Skull Island came out this year. Yeah, I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? What a year for movies! <laughs> Fucking arsehole. <laughs> One of the worst. I can't believe it! It's so good. We've had all these great movies. You do like a fucking heap of shite, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, sometimes all I require is to be entertained. I don't need to, like, oh, but what about like gravity and that? <laughs> what about space? What about what actually happens in real space? I love, I love how you do a, a thick a voice thing. for, like, logic questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thing is, I don't know about that because fucking, like, fucking quadratic equations don't add up, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Fine. Okay. okay like, what I don't understand is like why he has to like survive on an island by drinking milk and that. That is like <laughs> mental. What what does he have to do that? Don't don't get it. That's how he's like bear grills or something. No, I just he don't... is a bit like bear grills. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> my mate once said that Temple of Doom is like I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, which is absolutely true. Yeah. And then I guess Last Jedi is a little bit like. Bear Grylls Extreme Survival in, in places yeah so anyway my uh, my top acting from an animal would be uh, Caesar in War of the Planet of the Apes I thought that that monkey did absolutely amazing work um, that's a just, it's great how you put this category together just just <laughs> for that one predetermined joke great pre-joke Ollie best soundtrack <laughs> best soundtrack let's Let's get this rolling. Okay. Shall I run my nominations? Name? Okay. No, no, no. Let's you hear go, you. No, you let's go. hear you. Let's hear you. You're ready. Okay. Uh, it's going to keep coming up because it's obviously seen it a lot. But Last Jedi, uh, Dunkirk. I mean, you got to say it was a good soundtrack. For Last Dunkirk Jedi. And yeah, yeah, it was good. And, and Battle of the Sexes, which was a really great soundtrack. Very good. Okay. Okay. What are your noms? Here are my noms. I've got quite a few noms in each of these, so I'll, I'll go through them. But I, I think that's what the Oscars do now. They have like 12 nominations, don't they? Anyway. Okay. I've got fewer than that. Get noms. Uh, Dunkirk. Agreed. Okay. Um, Blade Runner. 2049. Okay. Um, tran- Trainspotting 2. Okay. Tram spotting 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Free Fire. Moonlight, uh-huh. which apparently is 2017, even though it was nom- it was uh, eligible for last year's Oscars. Um, okay. And Mindhorn. Okay. So, what's your winner? Uh, it's Dunkirk. 
Okay, yeah. The TikTok shepherd tone. And yeah, summer. I think it's it's a very it's very very memorable. Um, it's just you know it, it's a it's quite a unique soundtrack. I think it's I think it's really good, it, and it really drove the film along. It's a very kind of musical film in in many ways, and uh, it's a musical. You know, it's a musical for those who haven't seen it. Okay, so my uh, my winner is also Dunkirk. I that's the one soundtrack that I actually listened to I think like quite a bit outside of actually being in the cinema watching the film itself. I listened to it on Spotify quite a bit and I really enjoyed it. Um Yeah. I, I thought that f- So when you're not in the cinema watching Dunkirk, you're at a desk somewhere listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. Um but I must say that like even though I didn't love the film Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I thought the soundtrack stuff was nice. It was a nice development on what was there from before. Uh Train Spotting Two had some good stuff in it and the Wolf Alice track that they used was I think really, really appropriate and really good. Um and uh-huh. and like it gives a sense of like I don't know, sadness, passage of time and like longing and all that good stuff that kind of really was what the film was all about. Like it, it hit all the right spots for the film and it was good as well. And Mindhorn, you can't handcuff the wind was excellent yeah. as well. But Dunkirk is yeah. the best best soundtrack. So, next category. Best <laughs> graphics. <laughs> Yeah, best graphics. It's the best graphics category for yeah. for all of the VFX nerds working overtime in essentially modern modern day entertainment's version of a sweatshop. It's the best graphics category. Exactly. Uh, what are your noms? My noms are the Lego Batman movie, Justice League Kai. Two, Thor Ragnarok, Paddington Two. Kai. Alien okay. Covenant and the Red Turtle. Okay. Okay. And my winner is I think I'm going with a tie on this, Ollie. Is that alright? No. Okay, I'll go for the Red Turtle then. Okay. Best graphics. Why? Um, Why? Why? I think um I was looking at the others and Justice League and uh Lego Batman I think were very like they were executed really well, but I think they were a bit kind of scrappy and messy overall. And I think Alien Covenant and right. Thor Ragnarok had a much more like consistent overall vision in terms of like okay. Thor had this very eighties looking style that was like it was all clear, executed on, made sense, and it all kind of worked really well. And it had particular sort of set of like kind of palette colors that made sense. Alien Covenant was the same; it was kind of all dark grays and greens, and all kind of worked really well together. But I think like the simplicity of the Red Turtle was really nice. And even though I think it's probably overhyped as a film, um, I think like some of what you get from that film is what it's not doing. Like the kind of like the, you know, like the gaps between bits of a riff in a song or something like that. Like the moments that it leaves yeah. like sort of breathing space in the film where characters are not interacting with one like another before the bit where the big riff from enter sandman kicks back in yeah it's that it's that wait time that makes the riff more yeah. more effective yeah and i think some of what was done with the visuals to compensate for the fact that there's no audio was amazing really good okay. really great okay who are your noms plus winners my my noms are get it i'll say it out the way last jedi 
Um, Blade Runner 2049, because to be fair, it did look great. That is true. It did look bloody good. See, the um, only the only thing is, I think if you'd said like best looking film, I would have said that. But because you said best graphics as a lol, <laughs> as in like that, like graphics are what you say when a, about everything about how a game looks like in the nineties. Oh mate, that's got good graphics, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that uh, slightly put me so, off, and I went more for like animation and okay. Uh, Superman's face in uh, okay. Justice League so Justice League in general and yeah also Lego Batman because I, I know what you're saying it's well scrappy but like as an well animation done. style that's that sort of jankiness uh, I really like and, it, and it's just a, a visual treat oh. a visual <laughs> <busy> treat <laughs> okay and who's your winner Oh, you're going to sigh, but I know it's, I've seen it recently, but it is Star Wars. For fuck's sake. But it's, it's good. I like all that, all the visual stuff. The, the, the shit being split in half. What? Oh, yeah, that bit you is know, actually when, very good. It's so good. But you know what? So much it's of so it's good. so forgettable. I completely forgot about that bit. I just thought it would all look wicked. Okay. Best scene. <laughs> Best scene. Okay. Let's hear what uh, yours are. Yeah. You're up first on this one. Yeah, this uh, is Statham the on best a plane. scene of 2017. Okay, so Statham on a plane in Fast and the Furious Eight. Okay, plane slash oil slash boat in Dunkirk. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, uh, that yeah. The the get out shoebox scene. Yeah. The you know the big reveal and the Jedi throne room scene in Last Jedi with uh, Ray and Ren and Snoke. Okay. Who's your winner? It's the plane slash oil slash boat scene in Dunkirk. Okay. Um, because that that was just genuinely like made me made me sweat. Um, it it was just it was just uh, oh, the the tension was unbearable. And just the the sound, you knew what was going to happen, and it and it didn't sort of play out in this heroic way either. People still, you know, he might have saved something really terrible from happening, but people still suffered as well as a result. Um, you know, so I quite I quite like that, and that's also what I liked about uh, Last Jedi as well. Some of, some of those things as well. So. Uh, but yeah, plane slash boat slash oil scene in Dunkirk is my scene of the year. That's a great choice. Yeah. Okay, um, mine are the hallway interrogation in Detroit. Basically, there are a number mm. of people that are up against the wall where the uh, racist policemen are interrogating them, and it goes on for a very long time, plays out in real time, and is very distressing and tense. Um, okay. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman smashes all the bad guys in a town all on her own. That's a, oh, that, yeah, that's good. That's a scene. Um, yeah. The cotton picking in Get Out, you know, when he's t- okay. tied to the chair. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, there's sort of one main dream sequence in It Comes at Night that I thought was really, really good. Um, and then landing the Spitfire at the end of Dunkirk. Okay. The Tom Hardy landing it on, on the beach at the end. Tom Hardy's eyes. Tom Hardy's eyes land the Spitfire. Um, okay. And I'm gonna give it to 
the cotton picking in Get Out. I think it was really clever and also tense AF. Um, okay. Because he's picking cotton, isn't he? Yeah. Out of the chair? Yeah. Yeah, and then stuffing it in his ears. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. okay, there was that one gripe of, like, is it possible? But it is definitely possible. Okay, um, I've got two more categories. Okay. Um, I've got biggest disappointment. <laughs> Blade Runner. <laughs> okay, so my nominations are Alien Covenant, Blade Runner 2049, and Star Wars. <sighs> Go on. It's Alien Covenant. Really? I'm surprised because you you genuinely came out of that one and we spoke about it and you were you were all right with it. I think maybe it is then. You certainly didn't have ten gripes. No, I didn't. But I I have a lot less at stake with Star Wars than I do with Alien or Blade Runner. Okay. Um, I think maybe it is a tie with Blade Runner because it came out of that after three hours just going fucking hell. <laughs> Mate, I was thinking that within twenty minutes. Uh well, I Fucking I was thinking that maybe after an hour or so. Like I was willing to deal with it for about an hour, and then after that, I was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, so maybe it's a tie <laughs> between those two. Um, I think I think disappointment because the actual film wasn't fun to watch with Blade Runner. Disappointment with Alien because it took it in places that made it more confusing or less interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. like, yeah. Where it went with things didn't excite me. Finally, my most insufferable or critical, critical hype or overrated film, Disaster Artist, Star Wars, Blade Runner, okay. Baby Driver, Baby Driver, Baby Driver, or Paddington 2. Now, by the way... It's going to be... I know it's not Paddington 2. By the way, Paddington 2 is fucking great. But when people are like, oh, yeah, but isn't it really lovely? Like, in particular, Kermod and Mayo just keep going on about it. I wish they'd just shut up. Like, when people... When people say so much, they, like... They sap the joy out of something. Do you know what I mean? And I actually quite like Paddington too, but it really got are going over by the amount that they're just saying it's great. But I'm going to say it's Baby Driver because it got the same treatment and it doesn't deserve it. Um, but the reason okay. reason I got Disaster Artist in there as well though is just like, it's getting a lot of hype for essentially like a really good impression. Like the film is good, but like all the laughs are on a YouTube video from the original film. Like watch that 15 minute like funny clips from the room and you're there like you've you've had 15 minutes of lols that's I mean they certainly haven't had 15 minutes of lols in this episode no they haven't uh, I've I've got one more which is what do you think the best episode of the guys on film podcast has been 2017 ooh good question say good question great question Ollie okay thanks Ollie say it Thanks, Ollie. Great question. Okay, great question. Um, can I can I take a look at the list? Consult SoundCloud. Danny Dyer was a good one. Yeah. Um, Tom Month was great. I think in particular Tom Cruise. Um, Christopher Nolan plus Porno Quiz was great. Yeah. Video Nasties Part 1 and 2. I think I'm going to go for a tie on Video Nasties Part 1 and 2 as my favourite episodes this year. 
Okay, well, I'm also going to do a similar thing, and I'm going to say it's Tom Month. Four episodes. If you're going to do, if yeah. you're going to do I mean, an award, you may you, as well do you know one episode. But if you can't choose, fine. Well, it would be the cruise one then. Okay, cool. So, all right, Tom Month, Tom Cruise. Okay. Great. Yeah, really good. People should go back and check that out in our archives. I don't think they will after after this one. Probably not, but I mean, you can edit this into some sort of joyfulness. Can't I, I'm going to have to whip this one into shape. <laughs> <laughs> can, yeah, that'd be fine. Can you uh, uh, can you turn my gripe list into something that has jingles? Ian's boring gripe number one. I will. I will definitely try and, and make it a bit more palatable. Okay. Uh, but there we go. Well, I'm. I feel like I'm at the end of my uh, tether. My my tether and list. Okay. Well. Um, but I did have one final question for you, and it is a it's a Christmas question. Okay. So, Owen Wilson is in bed. He's tucked. He's tucked in bed. Yeah. In your bed, and he's 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 sleeping. It's Christmas Eve. What time do you predict he's going to wake up <laughs> well, to open the prezzies? Well, often around 3am, um, <laughs> he's out with his pyjamas and you have to tell him to get back in the bed. <laughs> well, no, often, he's not come yet. There's, there's, a schedule, wow. there's a schedule, Ollie. So around 3am, he's up and he's complaining because he's wet a little bit of his... <laughs> the, well... He's he's just Is it sweat or, or number one? No, it's number one and he's got a little bit of like it's mainly in the bed, but it's a little bit on his PJs and he's looking very sorry for himself. So he sent let you say, look, sleep on the other side of the bed, we'll 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 get it all we'll get it all cleaned up in the morning. You'll be alright. And he goes, Wow But he's in a single bed, isn't he? He's in a he's in a crib. <laughs> I thought it was in your bed. No, he's in a double bed. It's my bed. Okay. Um, right. So then, yeah. So that's about it's very generous of you to to let him sleep on the dry side. No, I'm sleeping on the couch. Um, okay. So he'll come through to living. He'll come through to the living room about sort of half two, three ish. Kind of complaining about that. And oh, I've just never got the fucking energy for it. So I send him back to bed. And then, um, but yeah, the other thing is quite often around 6am, he'll, his snoring will get him really wound up. So he'll sort of wake himself up with his um, snoring and he'll sort of, (laughs) and then it just wakes him up. By that time, it's almost light outside. So he kind of just wakes up. So my prediction is when that snoring thing kicks in around six, he's just going to be up and up up and at him and running downstairs with his barely dry pajamas on. Just um, <laughs> running, running towards a Christmas tree. Um, and uh, second part of the question is what? What will you have uh, bought him for Christmas? Oh, I won't have gotten him anything. It's all from Santa. Uh, what if? What will Santa have bought him for Christmas? Well, don't really want to talk about it, but it's a. I mean, it's sort of it's a kind of plastic nappy type thing, but it's concealed. <laughs> Like, you can't that's not a present no but it's going to make him so much happier at night time it's kind of a gift to myself a, a Labrador as well well what it is is I've bought him pyjamas right but the nappies inside them so he just thinks great these are 
DC Robin Teen Titans pajamas that I can put on, <laughs> and uh, he puts right. his Robin pajamas on, and, so, and there's a big crinkle as he pulls them up, and he realizes no, he, no, I won't realize. Oh, no, it won't realize. He'll just go wow, and he'll let out a little bit Great. of wee of joy, <laughs> joy wee. Okay, that's that's fine. Okay. Okay. If you'd like to listen to more piss-related Owen Wilson antics, um, then listen on. So subscribe to the podcast, um, and there'll be more of what Ollie calls this type of shit um, next week, where we look up, look ahead to 2018. Yes. How can you do all that? You can go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film. On there, you've got links to other places like SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe or follow us. And on Instagram and Twitter, we're at UF Podcast, so you can find us there as well if you want to. Happy Christmas, everybody. Happy Christmas. Oh, that sounded weak. Like, like the plot of Star Wars on last year, didn't it? Yeah, I didn't understand it. Bye. Bye. No, there was, there was loads of good stuff in it. It's just... It was good. It was good.